0: one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Free at last, free at last, thank God
1: Almighty, we are free at last. Men, you better men, you are the light of the world, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Better men, turn on the light, because every single time light stands next to darkness, light always wins. Okay, so I get the pleasure of being the host of the Better Man 365 podcast. My name's Obi Diaz, and on the screen you'll see here, and if you're listening, you'll hear here, uh, our man Phil, Phil Fretwell. I want to thank you so much for saying yes to the Better Man podcast. Here you are. Uh, Thank you for your years of experience and your years of talent. We're about to tell everybody what you do, but first and foremost, thank you.
0: Thank you, just great to be here, Obi, and I'm looking forward to sharing our story and how Guy can work not only in the lives of the men around, but people that they might share this story with.
1: Okay, awesome. So we are targeting guys, of course. You know, uh, women, kids they 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 come across the podcast too. So it's really cool the variety, the spectrum you will uh, that yeah. we that we hit. So mm-hmm. Phil, if we can, um, let's get back to how you even know the Better Man brand.
0: Well, the Better Man brand, I have a good friend of mine, Jeff Whelan, who serves with you guys in the leadership and uh, Jeff had contacted me. We've been friends for 20 years and he said, this is such a great event and you've got to be involved in this. And so I uh, said, absolutely, let's do it.
1: Okay. So Better Man, our goal is to target that man out there who's looking to just polish himself up. Well, from the from the guy who's completely crumbled into pieces to the guy who just needs some polishing here and there. Uh, I, I want to thank you because your ministry, where your heart is, is something that rings true in a lot of men that are listening right now. So if you can, let's get into Savage Marriage Ministries. Let's get into why you do this, what the ministry is all about.
0: Yeah. So, Obi, this is really born out of a a story of between my wife and I. I mean, five years ago, our marriage was shattered and I had come home and I told Priscilla about a secret double life i have been living for 28 years of our marriage of sexual immorality. And as you can imagine, it crushed her, but it pushed her to also to a place of crisis that she had to go back in and examine her life. If she was here with us today, which sometimes she's with me, uh, she would tell you that she was dealing with her own set of issues, not my issues, but her own set of issues. And God took us to a place of brokenness and contriteness and really resurrected our marriage. And so we use our story to share it just openly and transparently to give people permission to share their story. And we have found that when we're open and vulnerable, other people come forward and they share their stories. And and what we've seen, Obi, is, you know, when the Apostle Paul said, I gladly declare my weaknesses so that the power of God might rest on me. We've seen and experienced that. And it's been amazing. And so we're just so happy to be here and to be able to share a little bit about it today.
1: How interesting, you know, like the way that you just said that to me, I almost equate it as when you when you when you're honest and open about it that's almost the key to unlocking getting over it
0: it is but you know we push a little further Ethan. so we use an acronym in our ministry called hot and it's honest open and transparent and so you know people are honest when they're just truthful in their response although they may be like a lawyer parsing the words An open person will tell you the right question to ask when you didn't ask the right question. But a transparent person is going to tell you things that you didn't even ask about, but they know you need to know about. So what we do is we say, listen, we need to be hot to be healed. And it's the honesty and openness and transparency that really allows us to confess and experience the healing from God.
1: Well, and thank you, Phil, for being so open about this because between you and your your wife, this could easily be one of those stories that uh, for us men, we try to bury. You know, we bury that. Let's forget about it. The past is the past. It happened. It is what it is. Let's move forward. You guys, again, like I said, because of your honesty, because of your openness and transparency, you guys have unlocked this ability that now others step forward because they're like, if that couple can do it, and look at the way that they're doing it. Um, I think that's so beautiful. So thank you again.
0: Yeah. And I will tell you, Obi, we didn't always get it like this. 10 years into our marriage, my wife found out I'd been looking at porn and she was devastated, but we decided we would bury it and keep it all secret and just try to work with it, which is what so many people did do. But 18 years later, she found out it had not only been porn, but it had also been massage parlors and just betrayal and so it took us to an entirely different level, and we decided we would start telling not, each, not only each other, but also our family and our kids. So we went very quickly to our kids, our extended family, sharing our story, and that's what took us to a really a different level of brokenness in our marriage.
1: You know, it's interesting because we are not the type of people to want to share our, our deepest, darkest, you know, that, that's yeah. something that, uh, you know, even with my small group uh, and even with the guys that I, that I hold closest to me, sure, I'll share my darkness with them, but man, this are in corners that I don't even want them exploring.
0: That, that's exactly right. And what we found is the, the groups that I had been involved in, it was almost an enablement to me that I was able to share with them and let off a little bit of pressure and not share with my wife. And my wife has more at stake in my healing than anybody else in the entire world. And she's the one that I'm supposed to be one with, not all these buddies around the table, and that was offensive to her. And so today, she and I are in a relationship of battle partners, really coming to each other's aid, trying to help us through these things that just plague or absolutely plague our lives.
1: Okay, I want to bring a couple scenarios to the table just because, I mean, I too am married. Uh, I have received some beautiful advice in the past from some of my bros who mm-hmm. told me, you know, you and your wife, you guys are so strong together, uh, but you, why why are you always at at odds? It's almost like we're fighting each other and we should be united because like Batman and Superman. So the both of them, they don't necessarily like each other all the time, but when they unite, man, they're unstoppable. yeah. And uh, that, that is true. And so what is it that you see for the most part from the man's standpoint? When when he comes into one of your meetings, is is he open? Is he closed? Does he feel like he's the problem?
0: No, it depends on where they're at. I mean, sometimes whenever men and women come into our marriage, a man will be there almost reluctantly. The wife has found out something, the man typically is dealing with a lot of shame a lot of shame in their life and they're not transparent and open but when we go through and start explaining that the openness makes the shame look smaller that's whenever they start understanding because it's amazing opening if it if you think about things in your life and i think about things in my life i had to go to my wife and share with her things that had happened to me the the immorality wasn't the hardest thing to share with her it really wasn't it was things that happened in my childhood things that I had buried, it was on my take it to the grave list that nobody would ever know.
1: Wow. Take it to the grave list.
0: Wow. It was. And, and, and Obi, here's the crazy thing. When I was willing to share what was on my take it to the grave list, she shared what was on her take it to the grave list. And you know what we found out? Our three things on our take it to the grave list were all the same.
1: Whoa.
0: Now, can you believe that?
1: Well, and I can imagine for a married couple that probably unifies you, right? You're probably like, wow, look at this. It
0: did. And it's things that happened when we were kids, right? But there are things that grab our heart and place us in a place of shame that we just, I don't know, it eats us up. But immediately, whenever we brought these things out, the things that we thought we were so ashamed of looked smaller. They looked smaller. And so we have found that, that as we share these things in groups, and other people, the shame that people entered our groups with is not the same as the shame they have when they leave because it looks a lot smaller. When you have shame in your life, it looks huge. It's all you can see. And anytime you see a movie, read a book, or somebody mentions something that's close to your shame, you kind of cower, right? You kind of cower because it's so big. And so what happens is this talking about it, bringing out the light gets rid of the darkness in our life, but we have to, there has to be a revealing.
1: There has to be a revealing. I know I, somebody out there is feeling exactly what I'm feeling, which is like, why, why? I just want to keep it to myself. But, yes, um, that's right. Huh, well, hallelujah, that you guys do what you do. I can only imagine the stories upon stories that you hear. Um, and even though what you're saying that, 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 that they probably all probably have like the same kind of thread, um, mm-hmm. but still to, to see so many humans affected by the same things, it, you know, the devil's done a good job of laying the same kind of landmines all over yeah. the place and we trip over them. Like it's nothing.
0: Yeah, that's right. A guy told me the other day, he said, Phil, you know, your story's not very unique because the only thing that's unique is you talk about it. And that's oh. true. That's true. And, uh, we run across people all the time. As I share a story, somebody will pull me aside and say, you know, I, I've dealt with the same thing. But, you know, how do you get to a place where you can share it? it is because when you share it, you start receiving, you know, in James, James 5, I think it's 5.2 says if we confess our sins. Uh, well, no, that's not it. It says uh, confess your sins one another so that you'll be healed. Right. It's not forgiven. It's healed. There are a lot of people that have been forgiven of their sin, but not healed. And see, that's what we're dealing with here. We are dealing with healing of these things in our life that have stolen our relationships, stolen our intimacy in marriage. And God wants us to be intimate with one another to reflect the same intimacy that we're able to have with him. It's wow. an amazing picture.
1: Well, wow. and, um, you know, it's, it's meant to work. I was just thinking of, you know, the person who's listening right now who says, you know, my wife and I listen, we're, we're fine. You know, she cooks dinner. She knows her place. I know my place. I bring home the bacon. We're, we're, we're fine. Um, but what I love about the way that you're, you're talking about it is that it's so much more rich than that. And if, and if you as a guy who's listening right now, you got to be able to dig deep and say, okay, where, where can I make some extra efforts?
0: Yeah. Well, what we had to learn, and this was part of the revelation, I would say, for us, Obi, is there is an order to intimacy in your marriage. Okay? And it starts with a spiritual It goes to the emotional, and then it's expressed in the sexual. And we see it in the Garden of Eden. Whenever Adam woke up, he saw Eve, realized that she was a like being created by God. There was a spiritual connection in Revelation first. Then he spoke to her and said, you are bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Now you have the emotional. And later after that was the sexual. Today, we have messed up the order. We have started with the sexual or the emotional. And frankly, Obi, I would say in many relationships, the spiritual never shows up. If, we, if you talk to men and say, how well do you know your spouse spiritually? Very few people will know their spouse spiritually. They'll know them sexually and they'll know them emotionally. But when we're talking about spiritually, they have, they have no idea even really what that means.
1: Can we even go as far as to say that uh, sometimes when people are crying, uh, mental health, mental health. Are they really saying spiritual health sometimes?
0: Well, no, I think what's happening is they are feeling it in their emotions. What happens is the crying. So we always say the spiritual is the fuel, the emotional is the gauge. So what happens is your emotional tells you when you're off base. So the crying, you're saying something is wrong. Something is wrong. And there's you know lots of people to go through this we would say we look back to the spiritual to look to the source of healing because the place of healing is in God. And that has to be the place we look back to. Well,
1: and I love it because when you mentioned what James had said, the, the healing is in that confession uh, okay, so what does that look like practically? Okay, so say I get together with my wife. Is this is this something that I say, "Honey, would you like to do a date night?" So this way, I can tell you about all the crap that I that I've done that you don't know about. How how does this look like? Like what what? How should one prepare for this kind of a conversation?
0: Yeah. So uh, the the prep there is a preparation to this, and part of it is you enter. You want to be able to enter into each other's emotional and spiritual capacity, and we do that through empathy and compassion, and so. We had one situation earlier in our marriage. I didn't prepare very well. I had already come clean. We had shared everything. But I said, listen, there's something else I need to share. And I didn't prepare her well. And it kind of spiraled. We had a 24-hour spiral in that. But we looked back and we said, wait a minute. We should have brought God into this conversation. So there is a, hey, honey, I need something to share. Can we pray about this ahead of time? I need, need to share this. And from the spouse that's going to hear it, there is a there's a praying for her that says, listen. I want to be able to provide the appropriate amount of compassion and grace, but tinged with real emotion. It doesn't mean you can't get angry. You have to be happy about this. But there is trying to understand those two pieces to it. But, you know, I'd say, Obi, there's that initial spot, but the ongoing place is also. So, for example, if I ever get triggered with something like when I first came clean, I used to ride by and there's these massage parlors all over the place in these little uh, malls and everything. And I would see it and it would trigger me. I would send her a little praying hands text. And that was code that said, Hey, I'm dealing with something in my head and I need your help. When she got that, she knew what it was. And she would send me back a little praying, you know, a googly eyes or a kiss or you can do it. And when I would get home, she would say, What was that? What was that praying hands about? And then we would have the conversation.
1: You know, it sounds beautiful. It sounds beautiful. And I want that. I want that with my wife. And what's fun about this conversation is that it's nudging me towards that area of like, Obi, how, how can you create this sort of a space where your wife understands that the ultimate goal is I'm trying to give you all of me. I'm giving right. you all of me. This is an act exactly. of love. This is not an act of, hey, I need to do this so this way I can get into heaven. Or, hey, I need mm-hmm. to do this uh, because uh, I'm I'm feeling really guilty about it.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Very cool. that. that- That's a perfect way to say it, because you know what happens is we live with people, well, we lived for 28 years. 28 years, Obi, before this, we got to this point, and we each knew part of one another. We didn't know each other the entire depth of our soul, our anguish, our take it to grave list, nothing like that. And we could have lived and died like that until we got to the place that said, hey, I feel, I don't wanna live like that anymore. And that's what brought us to a a different spot.
1: Wow, so cool. Well, good. Again, uh, I want to let everybody know that we're talking to Phil Fretwood, and uh, this is a fantastic conversation um, that if you want to dive in deeper, because you guys are specialists, and I love the fact that it's you and your wife working together, uh, because nothing, you know, it it would be one thing if you were just a therapist by yourself talking to couples, but the fact that you got your wife there, I mean, there's such strength in that. Um yeah. And and we didn't, we don't see that often today anymore. It, you know, especially when you've got billboards that advertise $99 divorces.
0: Yeah, that's right. And you know, we've got uh, uh, it's interesting. We've got a book coming out in just a couple of months um called called Savage Marriage and it's it's written by both of us. It's in our each of our voices. So we have a paragraph for Phil, a paragraph for Priscilla. And as we've surveyed out there, very few books are like that. Most of them are written by the person that's been offended. And how did I have to forgive him or her? And right. I've always wondered, well, tell me, what does your spouse say about that, right? And so we've got both of our voices in there and it, we think it's very special.
1: Well, I thank you guys so much for being open books. How, how can people find out more? How can people find out more about uh, how to get intense training from the both of you? Uh, even if somebody just wants to be polished, like we said at the beginning of this interview.
0: Yeah, so they can go to SavageMarriageMinistries.com. They can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and it's at Savage Marriage Ministries. And we provide podcasts there. They can find us on uh, Spotify and iTunes for the podcasts that we put out. And what we do, Obi, is just, is just super real. And we found that the, it's interesting. You know, we find the younger people gravitate more toward us than the older. The older, what the stuff we're talking about and doing is almost like, oh, my gosh, this is shocking. The younger people go, oh, this is so fantastic. This is what I've been looking for. I'm looking for realism in the message that's coming out from uh, people like you and the church and things like that. And you're hitting a chord. So that's, that's really been spectacular.
1: Well, let's go back to before we wrap all this up, because even savage marriage, like as I did my digging, I said, what an interesting name, you know, especially in today's time, (laughs) my kids, my kids will throw around the word savage all the time, especially if I steal their food or, you know, whatever is the savage. So why did you guys decide to use that?
0: So this is an interesting story. And this goes back to three years ago when we were first starting to do our small group. So we have five kids. And that time, God bless. Keys. Yeah. And, and they all know our story. We sit around the table and talk about our story. Our wow. freedom has created freedom in the lives of our kids. Wow. It's amazing. Our whole family. And so my 25-year-old son at that time, Michael, we were sharing with him what we were going to do. And he goes, what are you going to name it? And I, we were coming up with names like, I don't know, oneness in marriage or, you know, something like that. And he said, Dad, he goes, that is so, you know, like 80s. I can't believe you're going to do that. And I said, OK, <laughs> all right, uh, you, you give me a name. And he sat and thought, and he said, Savage Marriage. And I go, oh, wow, that's aggressive. And he goes, that's it. And that's what we took. So Michael came up with
1: it. I love that your response was, that's aggressive. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> it is so good, though. Like, as I saw it, it, it fits the times. And mm-hmm. uh, it is what it is. You know, uh, my wife and I, I love my wife. And the both of us, we are strong. She She's strong in, in her, uh, what she does for a living, what I do for a living. And then the both of us come together. And I have to remind myself, Obi, you're the leader of this household. Um, you are the, the 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 head priest. If my house was a church, you're the head priest of this house. Yeah. And uh, and sometimes you know what? Here, let let me let me throw this one at you. And let, let's consider this a little bit of a bonus, as you're going to give me some advice. Yeah. There are some times where I feel like I have to rip my pants back away from her and say, "I wear the pants." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that a loaded
0: question for you? Well, no, I mean, I think that's a natural tendency towards men. And it was with me, Obi. And I got to tell you, just super honestly, right? The root for me was pride and ego Ooh. and many of those things. And if I have to cut back through, uh, when, I, when I was first dealing with trying to deal with my addictions and my sins, uh, a guy told me, we worked with this guy, Paul Speed, with Whatever It Takes Ministries, who knows this area so well. And he said, Phil, you think you've got a sexual problem? You have a pride problem. And he was right. And if that was at the root of all my issues, and so I did find things like what you described, Obi, manifesting in our family. I mean, in in the previous twenty eight years, my my kids probably thought I was a dictator oppressor, you know. Wow. And and I thought that was terrific. I I kind of rose to the occasion. Yes, <laughs> I a you know, but today I don't think they view me like that, and our relationship is now much closer than it's ever been. And uh, this whole thing. It's almost like, you know, what the enemy meant to destroy, God has meant to provide victory, reconciliation, and restoration. And it's been an amazing thing, not only in our lives, but also in our kids' lives.
1: Wow. I I think you're a gem. I think you and your wife, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, well, unfortunate, fortunate, however you look at it, that's the way that God works. He works through providing you with some experience. Then with that experience, you take it and you help others that are going through that. And yes that's right. So you went through your experience, but now look at look, look at the the richness and the treasures that are coming from. Like you said, what the what the enemy meant for evil, look at the good that's come from it. Phil Fretwood, I I appreciate you so much. Savage Ministries, is there anything else that you want to leave our guys that are listening? Well, Obi, one
0: thing. So it's Fretwell. Fretwell, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. yeah so, I have probably said that twice like that.
1: <laughs> right. <so. laughs> and Savage Marriage Ministries.
0: Yeah. Savage Marriage Ministries. No, I, I would encourage them. You know, if you are wondering whether or not your wife can receive what you have to say, your wives are stronger than you believe. Because when God created Eve for Adam, he said, Adam, you need help. Why would he give Adam somebody who couldn't help him? And I will tell you, I have found that many men need help in this part of our lives. Our wives have been designed in a unique way to help men, and they have an enormous amount of strength and grace that God will endow them with. And, and if you will trust him, you will have faith in God that what, who he provided to help you is able to help you. And so we have found that. And that's been a beautiful part of our marriage. It's been a, a wonderful part of my wife's whole uh, story as well.
1: Wow. Well, thank you again for sharing it with all the men that are listening right now. Uh, thank you for sharing it with me. Yeah, yeah I man, really appreciate it.
0: it. Yeah. Thanks so much for having, having me on.
1: So again, Phil Fretwell, uh, we appreciate you. We're going to have you back. I'm going to hold you to it because this is too good. And I know that you have a wealth of knowledge there. And we, and we <laughs> just, I mean, yeah. we just scraped the top of this treasure chest. Yeah. So if you want to dig in more Savage Marriage Ministries, thank you again for your time. Thank you. Appreciate it wow that's another one for the books hopefully you got something out of that again we always appreciate our guests who say yes to coming on to the podcast but you more most importantly most importantly this decision to be a better man it is absolutely personal i can't do it for you none of our guests can do it for you denzel washington toby mac some of our past guests on our stage which by the way we've got another event coming up september 24th but they can't do it for you. This has got to be a personal decision that you have to make. And we're giving you a ton of resources, not only on the podcast, but also on the website. So Better Man 365, you are a better man. I'm Obi Diaz, and it's a privilege to be your host.